Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Hey, folks. Canucks. Curtis Lazar has scored, former Oil Kings, second of the season. Early in the third, Devils lead Vancouver 4-3. Rangers up 3-2 on the Flames after two. Truba, big hit on Kadri in that game. Panthers lighting up the Lightning tonight, 7-1 with five minutes left. And the Islanders have beaten the Flyers 2-1. Oilers in Philly on Thursday. They're in Detroit tomorrow, 4 o'clock for the face-off show game at 5.30 here on 6.30. Chad, early second period, Dallas leading the Ducks 1-0. And four minutes left in the first, no score. Wild and the Coyotes. Tom Brady is uh, going to be a, uh, an analyst with Fox but he's going to take a year away from football, apparently, first. He was talking to Colin Coward on uh, The Herd on FS1 and Fox Sports Radio, and he said he's not going to start his broadcasting career with Fox until 2024. Of course, he retired last week after 23 uh, 23 years in the NFL. He signed a 10-year deal with Fox last May to become the network's top analyst whenever it was that he decided to stop playing. And then uh, he said today he didn't want to immediately rush into announcing and that he wanted to catch up on some other parts of his life. Uh, I don't know, like maybe he'll eat an unhealthy food for once. Have some ice cream. I don't know. Can we see him at the uh, you I, know, I just, July 4th Coney Island like, hot dog eating or like something? Tom Brady is one of those people. He's in such an entirely different level of existence than most human beings and, and which is great i mean he's he's earned it mm-hmm. he's achieved it he's the greatest football player ever and i and i say this as someone who in my uh, personal life does not like any boston based team or boston area team so he he did it i just like i i feel like if a colleague or, or someone who listens to the show and called in and said reed i'm gonna take a year to catch up on some other parts of my life i could probably list five things that that person might want to catch up on and i'd be right on three of them no but the general but you know family uh, exercise you know hobbies like cooking uh, hiking traveling i wonder what tom brady wants to catch up on i don't know yeah very interesting just a thought so a deep thought for you tonight ponder that as you go to sleep this evening what is tom brady going to catch up in the next year and you life? almost wonder if a fox camera crew would be following him for said year they should well. do a documentary isn't there mm-hmm. some movie out now with the uh the uh, elderly women that go to a, a super bowl 80 for brady that's what it's called oh okay uh, is I, that a documentary or is that no, a comedic it's, film? It's, no, it's a movie. Sorry. <laughs> I kind of was combining several thoughts there. Try and keep up, Kellen. I'm a little all over the place sometimes. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, <laughs> He's bringing his curveballs. This movie tonight, stars Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, and Sally Field, who traveled to watch the uh, Patriots play in the Super Bowl 
in 2017, which, oh, cool. which is the one they came from behind to beat Atlanta. Uh, Tom Brady plays himself. Very interesting. <laughs> is this out already? When does this come out? I've seen the trailer, but I'm not sure if it's out already. Uh, February 3rd. Are we pat? Yeah, this yeah, just opened this it. last yeah. week. It's out. Yeah. Uh, it's ha- it has uh, 5.7 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's okay. Uh, it's okay, yeah. Anyway, what was I talking about? <laughs> Tonight, a myriad of topics. Well, this is Where how I like start? to do the show. It's, it's good to kind of have a long and winding road. Uh, at least what's the, the Beatles told me. 780-496-0063. Are we still getting all-star? We are, yes. See, here's the thing. Everybody hates it, but everybody wants to talk about it. Yeah, that's right. Like TLC texts in and says, the last good all-star game Gordie Howe played in. So that's going back a few years. Well, here's the thing, TLC. We don't want no scrubs in the all-star game. Yeah, well, don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to, right? Well, so. most people would sooner have a red light special. But anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Al texted and said, hey, he didn't watch. Uh, once the surfboards and duck tank made no sense, I quit. <laughs> the highlights. He says, though, the highlights of the ladies was really cool, though. More of that. And, yeah, the the the, uh, the women's uh, yeah, hockey good, competitors some good were shots awesome. There. Uh, they were great. Was it, it was Sarah Nurse that scored, right, on the yeah. kind of the Forsberg maneuver? Yeah, and, uh, you know, the kind of understated Selly after where she uh, put their hand up in their mouth like, oh, did I do that? You know, that was really cool. I enjoyed the, the that. Urkel, did I do that? Did I? do that yeah. um i like how he put that just saying it didn't make any sense and like i said simpler is better accuracy shooting hardest shot fastest skater the title of the event sums up the entire event what more do you need to know mm-hmm. you know exactly what you're going to get and this text uh, from Otwell Euler, kind of pertaining to Rob Brown's uh, appearance last hour here. Uh, apparently, Ken Hitchcock was interviewed on Spittin' Chicklets over the past week, and he stated that Rob Brown was the best player he's ever coached. Well, certainly in junior. Yes, there'd be no doubt about that. Okay, let's. Uh, we got Ken Cal coming up in a few minutes to talk about the Red Wings. We want to tee up tomorrow's Oilers game. So Rob said in Russia, or I guess it was still called the Soviet Union then, but whatever, when he was at the World Juniors in the late 80s, he and a teammate had a Walkman with one tape. It was a Tiffany tape that included the hit song, I Think We're Alone Now, and that's what they listened to for nine days straight. So I said, what one tape would you want to be stuck with for uh, nine days in a row? Did anybody write in? We've got one response. We got one. We have a response. That's yes. more than none. So it's a resounding <laughs> success. That's amazing. So anyway, send that person a canned ham that yes. they can put in their Walkman. It might work. <laughs> it might be backwards compatible. I'm not sure. Uh, it's D who texts in and says nine nine days straight. Either Dep, uh, sorry, either Def Leopard hysteria. Classic. Or Yaz's upstairs at Eric's. I don't know that one. Uh, I was going to ask you, be, you be the propri- proprietor of some things, 80s. Uh, is that the album with Don't Go On It? Because no, that was a no big idea. hit, right? No idea. I'm lost. I'm not going to. I didn't even know the name of the woman who won Song of the Year or whatever. What was it? That was Jalen was talking about? Was that not Bonnie Raitt? No. Uh, well, Li- oh, no, Lizzo. She went something, right? Oh, Lizzo. Lizzo. Okay, yeah, yeah. I had never heard knowingly. Maybe I heard in the background or heard the song or the person being talked about. I didn't know who Lizzo was. I'm now somewhat educated. No, there you go. I think it's great. I mean, I'm not disparaging what she does or song of the year. I'm just saying I, I didn't I didn't know about it. I assume it's good. It's an okay jam. <laughs> it's an okay jam. So we got one text. 
One text, yes. Well. And now we have no text. Well, on that, we read on that topic, we read all the ones that we could read on air. As, as, yeah, sometimes people send in ones we... Oh, yeah, tons of, all, a little tons of all-star that, feedback that, that, that we don't read. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that was fun. Um, 80 for Brady. That's the uh, name of the movie. And I think we're... I hope the song, and it would be great if I think we're alone now, was in that movie. Oh, that'd be cool. Originally recorded by Tommy James and the Shondells in yes, 1967. Uh, yes, the, cover, uh, the version that Tiffany got the uh, like the big number one hit Here, with, and that stuff's a cover. So there Here's a quiz for you. What is Tiffany's last name? Oh, great question. Ah, I used to notice, too, because she was on like a ton of reality TV shows in the early 2000s. Her last name is Darwish. That's it. There we go. All Boom. right. The Troy Red Wings. What kind of a challenge will they be tomorrow? And Ken Cal, where did he start his broadcasting career? We'll dive into that next. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Uh, there it is. Never gets old. All right. Look at the way. He's the play-by-play voice for the Detroit Red Wings on 97.1 FM, The Ticket. Great broadcaster, Ken Cal checking in tonight. Ken, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. It's been a couple of years since we talked, Reed, but uh, always good to talk and talk a little hockey with you. Yeah, I love having you on the show. Uh, yeah, you're right. We lost uh, seeing you guys at all a couple of years ago. So, yeah, good that we're kind of back to the uh, – to the normal routine. How, how many years for you uh, now is this doing Red Wings games? This is year number 27 for me. So it just seems like I just got hired back in 95, 96, but it's gone by in a hurry, really. Yeah, I'll say. Okay, well, that's an incredible run. A uh, lot of good teams there. And now maybe the, the Wings in a different part of their cycle, which we'll talk about. But you mentioned uh, a great tenure here with the Red Wings. Where did it start behind the mic for you? Was there like an early uh, early job, early job calling games that might be of note here? Well, before I was with the Red Wings, I called 11 years at the University of Michigan. And when they hired me to broadcast the game, they needed a play-by-play guy. And I was the only guy that knew anything about hockey at the radio station. So obviously they coined me for the job. Well, four games into it, you know, I'm just starting to learn how to call hockey games and everything. I went to my program director and I said, hey, uh, maybe you should get somebody else. I said, I really can't do this. I can't follow the players. You know, I'm behind the call. And he says, uh, he says, hey, Ken, he says, you stink. I know that. He said, but just keep working at it. And when you get better, the team will get better and we'll have a good product. So <laughs> well, that's how it all started. <laughs> Well, that's nice. He didn't sugarcoat it, but he, he had he, he he was honest and he had faith in you. Kind of a nice combination. <laughs> I just think he didn't have anybody else to do it, so he had to be nice. So what so what sports had you done prior that you found hockey a bit of an adjustment at the time? Well, I always liked hockey. I was always a Red Wing fan growing up. I was, I'm from Detroit, but I never really broadcast any sports. I was a weekend DJ at the radio station. And then when uh, the University of Michigan got the rights, uh, the radio station got the rights to broadcast University of Michigan hockey, 
they were in a pinch and they needed somebody right off the get-go. And I was basically working in the sports department as well and, and covering the Red Wings on a regular basis. I'd go to the games and report on how the Red Wings were playing, and that's how I got the job. And it wasn't because I volunteered for it. It was just something that they wanted me to do, and I did it. And, you know, I kind of liked it after I got going and just started practicing, working hard at it, and the next thing you know, here I am today. Okay, so uh, w- during that time at Michigan, now the the team now the last few years right. like just putting tons of guys in the NHL. Who were some guys you called that that went pro? A little different for NCAA players in that era, but who were some of the stars that moved on there? Well, Reed, my first year at Michigan was eighty four eighty five, and that was Red Berenson's first year as the head coach of Michigan, and the team was really bad, and it it took him a while to get going. Um, Miles O'Connor, I don't know if you remember that name. He was, uh, he played for the New Jersey Devils for a little bit, but he was a defenseman. He was probably the first big blue chip recruit that Red Berenson got to come over to the University of Michigan. But I had Brendan Morrison. He was a guy that played there when I was calling games, Marty Turco. Um, I'm just trying to think David Roberts, who played for Vancouver a little bit. Um, uh, Steve Shields, who played a little bit with the San Jose Sharks organization. We actually had a pretty good pipeline in the Western Canada, uh, in, in especially around the Vancouver area, where players would come from there and, and come to the University of Michigan. Todd Bros was our captain for a couple of years, never made it to the pros, but was a really good leader for the Wolverines. So, yeah, as, as Red c- continued on, I mean, the team just kept getting better each and every year. And the year that I left to go to the Red Wings, the following year, they won the national championship. David Roberts, I just quickly looked it up because I thought I had a memory of him in Oiler colors. Uh, six games with the Edmonton Oilers uh-huh. in 95-96. Well, I know you kids, pretty good guys went through the University of Michigan, so that's pretty cool. Ken Cal joining us on Inside Sports, play-by-play voice for the Detroit Red Wings, Oilers and Wings tomorrow on 6.30, Chet. Okay, I'll, I'll just kind of start generally here with the Wings. You know, uh, you know, seven points out of the playoffs, it's it's achievable um but almost every team except montreal and columbus is between them and that playoff spot how do you sort of look at this stretch run now or are they looking to add to make a charge are you thinking they might maybe deal away some guys and keep building what's what's the approach of the franchise here well, first of all, Reed, I look at the Red Wings a year ago at this time, and they and the Red Wings are only two points better than they were a year ago. Yet, when you watch this team play, they seem like they're playing better hockey. Uh, I think they are defensively, but as far as the playoff picture goes, I think 100 points, especially in the Eastern Conference, is going to be needed to make the playoffs. And the Wings are at 50 points right now, and I believe they have 34 games left on their schedule. That means they've got to win 22, 23 games out of the last 34, and that's really... That's really difficult. I think I was looking online, their percentage of making the playoffs right now is around four or 5%. So things don't look very good. I guess the only way you can look at it is there have been a lot of teams that have gone on runs this year. Look at the Devils, what they've done. The Blues have gone on streaks, both winning and losing on the, on the respective sides of the ledger. And, you know, I mean, there's been teams out there. In order for the Red Wings, I believe, to make the playoffs, they've got to go on a run. They've got to go win maybe 12 of 14 or something like that. It's it's kind of difficult, I think. But I think in order for them to make the playoffs, they got to get to 100 points. So it's going to be a tough road for them.
yeah, that's when you break it down that way, that's tough. But you're right. Some teams have gone on streaks. The Oilers are on one now, 7-0-1 in their last yeah. eight games. So the Wings got to start something like that for sure. Steve Eiserman, obviously, when you think Red Wings, he's the first name that comes to mind, certainly, I think, for, for fans of the last 20 years or so. Um when he can't went back to Detroit uh, after being with the Lightning, that was a pretty big deal. Has how has he been sort of you know as as the GM and as uh, has the team taken an, the, the steps? You know, are they are they sort of far enough along as you think Eisenman thought they would be at this point? Well, Steve never put a timetable on how far or how long it's going to take Reed for this team to rebuild. But I can say this: that where they are now from when he took over it's night and day. I mean, the team's a lot better than they, they were. And some of the guys that were in the pipeline that were drafted are starting to, you know, rise to the top, I guess. You look at Mo Sider, who was the Calder Trophy winner last year. His game continues to improve. You got Lucas Raymond. He's been pretty hot before the All-Star break. His numbers continue to play, you know, pretty good. They've got some players that, uh, you know, have, have uh, are, are doing really well overseas, like Marco Casper, and he's a future Red Wing that they're really hanging their hat on that, that he'll come in one year, maybe in the next two or three years, and be a, a really solid player. Simon Edvinson's doing really well in Grand Rapids. He was one of the final players that was cut going into the season, but he's a big, tall, strong defenseman. So there are players in the pipeline. I think what Steve Eisenman did this year in the offseason, read was he was able to get into the free agent market and pick up players that have made an immediate impact on this team. You look at guys like um, David Perron, you know, he's a second line winger and he's having a pretty good year. Andrew Kopp had surgery at the start of the year, but he leads the team in even strength points. He's always been a solid two-way player. He's starting to come around. Um, then you look at Jake Wallman, who the Red Wings picked up in a trade with Oscar Sundquist last year from St. Louis. He, he was hurt at the start of the year. Now he's uh, the number two defenseman right now in the Detroit Red Wings. So uh, Dominic Kubalik's been a really good power play player for us. Um, you know, I believe he's second or third in team scoring as we speak right now. So he really made a, a splash in free agency over the summer. And if he continues to do that, plus get these younger players that he's drafted and they come into the system, the team's going to get better, no doubt. Uh, just, I'm just, and I guess I asked this as someone who does a call-in show after uh, every Oilers game. So maybe I'm, I'm more interested in this than, than, than yeah. other people, but um, you know, the, the fan base enjoyed a long run of success, deep playoff runs, championships, appearances in conference finals and stuff like that. How, is it still hockey town? Like does hockey town feel the same after, after uh, what are we at now? Six years out of the postseason? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, we've had, I don't know how many sellouts this year, 12 or 13 sellouts already. So, you know, the fans are coming back. They see the product on the ice. I think Derek Lalone's done a good job in his coaching staff in, in really implementing a defensive style system where they're better in their own zone. And uh, you know, they play a, pretty good brand of hockey right now. I, I think they lack uh, some firepower up front as far as, you know, you look at your team, Edmonton. I mean, you've got Drysdale, you got McDavid. I mean, these guys can win you games even when the team's not playing well, right? I mean, they're, they're two dynamic players. The Red Wings don't have that. In order for the Red Wings to win, they have to be solid defensively, and they, they need some some offensive firepower. And usually the players that provide that, as I mentioned, are, you know, Kubalik, Rasmussen's coming along, Dylan Larkin, of course, and Lucas Raymond. But I think they lack a little bit in that firepower. And I think down the road, that's an area where the Red Wings need to improve. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Again, I'll, I'll bring it somewhat full circle here as we started yep. about uh, stories from early in your career. What advice do you give young broadcasters who might want to do play-by-play at the professional level? Uh, I would say just do as many games as you can. And the way technology is now right now, Reed, is when I was going to high school, and this was way back in the mid-'70s, the only way you could get on the air is if you worked for a radio station. Now you can get on the Internet and you could call high school football, basketball, hockey games. You don't need a radio station where people can actually – go to the internet site and actually listen to you broadcast the game. So really, to me, it's all about experience. Just try to do as many games as you can, work on your delivery. And always, when I first started learning how to broadcast, I thought to myself, I said, okay, I'm going to start with five minutes. I'm going to make this the best five minutes as I can, and then just continue to work. Five minutes goes to seven minutes, and seven minutes goes to 10, 10 to 15, so on and so forth. And before you know it, uh, you get a rhythm going, and you work on your game, your inflections, and everything else, and you become a pretty good broadcaster. So I'd say experience just do as many games as you can and make the best of each hockey game or baseball or football game that you call ken that's great advice hey enjoy the game tomorrow and i'm going to see you next week when you guys are in edmonton i look forward to that well just tell dry and uh and mcdavid not to have a good game tomorrow give us a break all right (laughs) 